Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. There is a story for everyone here because every story matters. Welcome everyone to the Storybooks. This is the place to be if you are a lover of stories, learning new and interesting things, and if you want to grow abundantly. My name is Jay Phantom, and I believe it's my purpose to help you realize your worth and become the greatest and best version of you possible. I am grateful that you're here today. Now let's journey into the Storybooks together and hear more about whose story will be unboxed today. Winning is the unforgiving race to greatness. My friends, welcome back to another extraordinary conversation on this story box today. I am delighted to welcome Tim Grover. Now, for those of you that don't know who Tim is, he is the CEO of Attack Athletics Inc., which he founded way back in 1989. He's world-renowned he's world for his work with incredible icons such as you guessed it, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, my favorite uh, basketball player, Dwayne Wade, Charles Barkley, and thousands of athletes and business professionals all over the place. He appears around the world as a keynote speaker and consultant to business leaders, athletes, and elite achievers in every field, teaching the principles of relentless drive, results-driven performance, and mental toughness. Tim is the author of the national bestseller, Relentless, From Good to Great to Unstoppable, and now his latest book called Winning, The Unforgiving Race to Greatness, is now out and available for you guys to go and get a copy. I read the digital version. I have to say I struggled to take my eyes away from the screen. It is one of those books that you do pick up and you get so lost in the words and the actual story of it that you don't want to put it down. And that's one of that's his book, essentially, Winning, The Unforgiving Race to Greatness. Go and get a copy. Links are in the show notes below. But this is a conversation that I have no doubt is going to impact so many people. We don't really touch too much on on his work with Michael Jordan and Kobe because I wanted to go in a very different uh, way. But not to worry, we do actually mention uh, Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant in this conversation. So I have no doubt that you guys are going to get a lot from this conversation. So if you do, please share it around to your friends and your family. Let everyone know about this one. Also help to support Tim and his amazing work by going and getting a copy of his book or sharing this episode around to everyone that you know. Also, all links are in the show notes below, so it's not too hard to find. You can watch the full video, everything. Uh, don't forget before you leave to subscribe 
and leave a rating and review over on Apple Podcasts. All right, my friends, I've waited to say this for a long time, but it is time for all of us to win in our life and journey into this story box today as we listen, learn, and grow from the incredible story of none other than Tim Grover. Jay, thank you for having me. I need you to do one thing before we start. Stay, say speaker again. Speaker. Ah, oh, yeah. I love it with the accent. <laughs> <laughs> the good old Aussie accent coming through. Yeah. And the next question is, how old are you? I am 24 years old, sir. 24. How long did it take you to grow that little facial hair? <laughs> Would you with believe... Would you believe probably like two days? <laughs> oh, the two days, I was going to say, you probably started when you were like 16 and it's just now coming in. <laughs> probably. We'll, we'll just go with that. We'll go- <laughs> uh, but it's so good to have you here, man. I, I've wanted to have a conversation with you for quite some time. I love your work and the message that you are putting out there into the world. I feel like it's a perfect fit for the story box. Before we dive into your backstory and all the other questions that I have for you, I have one particular question I love asking all my guests at the very, very start, and I think you might like it. It is, what does success look like for you? What does success look like to me? Success is leaving a mark in whatever you do on a regular basis, not once, but all the time. Like if you're doing numerous podcasts, always leave a mark on the podcast. Always give your guests something and people are listening to the value, exceptional value for their time because they're giving you something that's so valuable. They're giving you time. So if they're going to sit here and listen or watch to you, just don't deliver the expected. Deliver the unexpected. Go go beyond. Go beyond. That's That's what success is. Success is leaving your mark on other individuals. But in order to do that, you have to elevate your game. You have to win yourself in order to do that. I love that answer. When was the moment for you, Tim, that you realized this was success for you in leaving an impact, not just on podcasts, but wherever you go? Has it been this gradual thing over time in your life? Or was there a catalyst moment somewhere for you? No, it's always been a gradual thing. You know, I've always, I've been fortunate enough to work with some of the most high profile athletes out there. And I see how they play the game, how they practice, how they handle situations, how they, you know, talk to fans, how they signed autographs, just different things. And I'm just like, wow, if you can, if you see these individuals who have very little free time and they're willing to sign autographs, talk to people and leave their mark with individuals and give those people that moment that will they'll cherish a lifetime. Mm. Who am I not to do that? Who, who, who am I? Who am I not? To, if somebody asks, take a picture. If somebody says, hey, can you ask a question? Can you shake your head? Can I shake your hand? A- a- anything of that, anything of that uh, sort. It's like if you see these greatest individuals who get thousands of more requests than I ever will, and I get to watch how they handle those situations. If they can do it, why can't I? Plus, I'm a reflection on them. You know, it was interesting with my clients, every time we won, we won together, we lost together, we learned something together. And that's, that, that's, that's, so, that's so important. When you learn something from each individual, you're fortunate enough to be associated with, success is inevitable. Mm. It's inevitable. Mm. 
who's who's left the biggest impact on your life? Like not just the athletes, uh, it could be a family member, it could be anyone in your life, whether it be emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually, you name it. Oh, there, there's so there's so many there's so many individuals. You know, obviously, <laughs> you know, ha- having daughter as a kid, just watching her do her thing, the way my parents overcame stuff to watch them how to watch them work and, you know, build something from nothing. Um, Just watching my brother overcome adversity, watching my closest friends who have had nothing to become extremely successful. You know, like I said in the book winning, there are wins out there everywhere. Every single minute you have an opportunity to win. If you just open up your eyes and open up your heart, you get to see people win all the time and be joyous for those other people's wins. Mm. You know, don't be, don't be jealous. Don't be envious. Be grateful that you got a chance to witness somebody that's close to you or somebody that you touch or somebody that touched you and watch them win. So there's so many individuals. I mean, I learned from all my clients, Michael touched me, Kobe, Dwayne. I, I, I learned so much. I got to see them, you know, we, we got to learn together. We got to laugh together. We got to cry together. We got to do everything together. We got to see each other's families get raised. So it's it can't be just, it has to be a plethora of a bunch of different individuals that all leave certain marks in certain areas that allow you to see things differently and understand what winning is all about. Mm. I, I feel like you've been asked that question quite a few times and I have listened to all the other conversations you've had uh, different podcasts, some of my favorites, Lewis Howes, Ed Milet. That was an emotional interview. But yeah. what, I'm, what I'm curious about is you mentioned that you've had to face adversity and you've had to overcome and you've seen a lot of people overcome and you even yourself, you had a, a, a kid when you were a kid, essentially. So what does it take to really overcome a extremely challenging situation so that you can, quote, win in your life? Understand it's a situation. It's, you know, I've always said, listen, I always say, people always say, you know, I, somebody has a promise and we don't have problems. We have situations. Mm. All right. Deal with those, deal with those situations. Know what the situations are. Deal with them before they get, before they get problems and understand everybody has a situation. All right. And your situation may be not be perfect. You see somebody else's situation that may be better than yours and you want your situation to align with them. Go ask those individuals. You know, I, I had this thing. I said, listen, it's not a weakness to ask for help. It's a weakness to recognize you need help and you don't ask for it. So anytime I had situations, I would I would ask individuals that are smarter than I, than I am, that, that know more than I do, that have been through different situations. Ask questions. It's funny because the most successful people, and I'm not talking about financially, I'm just talking about success in whatever they've overcome, they're more than happy to share their stories with you. They will tell you. It may not be, their situation may not be aligned with yours or the way they did it might not be exactly the way you want to do it, but you can get those pieces of information from different individuals because everybody is going through something that nobody knows anything about. You know, I had a hard time spelling. I had a hard time reading. You know, I had a hard time processing processing inform, uh, processing information at at, at, a early, at an early age. I was I was one of those I was those one of those shy, shy kids. 
I couldn't, <laughs> I had a fear of public speaking. You know, if when I was growing up, if you had told me this is what I'd be doing for a living, I'd be like, you gotta be kidding me. It's, it's not gonna happen. And I'm by myself, I am an introvert. I, I'm not a socially open person, but in order to do this, I had to be, and I had to figure out ways to do it. And the way I do it, it is when I see people in small spaces, I strike conversations up with them because they can't go anywhere. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> they, they literally can't. You, it, it might be a short conversation, but you, they literally can't go anywhere. So if you're afraid to talk to people, you have to be the one to initiate the conversation. Mm. I can relate to you on the, the introvert. Like you probably wouldn't know because I'm doing this and I'm speaking to so many people, but I am naturally an introvert. I never saw myself actually doing this. And in fact, if I'm being completely honest with you, I still get nervous, even though I've done so many different interviews and had so many different conversations. I, I've had to learn over time that, hey, just be your authentic self. Don't worry about if you stuff up. That is going to end up being a win later on anyway. Like when you every, 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 before every game, every single game, Michael and Kobe, Dwayne, all of them, they would always be nervous. Mm. They're always nervous. All right. That, that's, that's part of being prepared because it's a new start every single game. It's, you know, just think about every podcast you do. That's like a, it's like a new start. It's a new game. So what you did the game, what you did the podcast before, what they did the game before, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. People don't remember that, you know, uh, what you talked about before. They don't remember that spectacular play that these athletes made. So there's always a sense of nervousness when there's something new. And it's supposed to be. You know why? Because there's an, there's a level of excitement there. If you're not nervous each time, then what are you going to be? You're going to be bored each time. You're going to be stale. So when you have that level of nervousness each time, it's also an excitement that, wow, I get to do this. I get to do this again. I get to do it even better than I did it before. So the nervousness is a good thing. It's a good thing. It's a fuel. It's your power. It's your flaw. And we all have flaws. And instead of learning how to, how to use them, we try to hide them. Yeah. I heard someone say to me once, if you're not nervous, there's definitely something wrong. It means you become comfortable and you're complacent. You're not learning and you're not extending yourself. So yes. that's what I take on board every single time that I am nervous. Like even though it is, it sucks sometimes, but it ends up being the best thing because it helps me become more prepared. Uh, yes. And, and ends up like I end up having these even better conversations <laughs> with, with people. Right. And I'm, I'm curious for you, uh, Tim, when was a moment for you like that you were incredibly nervous that like a story that you in your life that you became incredibly nervous that ended up working out to be in your favor anyway? Uh, well, so I, I actually write about this in, in, in the book winning. There's, there's new, no, there's numerous, there's numerous stories. So there's one, I, I, I haven't shared this in, in a long time. So I was, um, uh, it was a freshman year. I was on, I was on the bat. I was on the basketball team. I was on the basketball team and, and the starting team was playing, playing terrible. They were playing terrible. And I was sitting, I, I was a, this, I was sitting towards the middle of the bench I was sitting towards the middle of the bench and I always kind of lean forward. I always kind of lean forward because I want to pay attention to the, pay attention to the, pay attention to the game. All right. And coach yells out, Grover. <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't hear what he said. He says, Grover. 
So I stand up, I'm getting ready to rip off my jersey. He goes, man, sit back in your seat so I can see who's on the other side of the bench. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm thinking I get to go in this game, but that moment says, okay, you know what? He's not even looking at me. He's not even paying attention. He's not even paying attention. Not forget about the game. He's not even paying attention to me in practice. I'm not leaving my mark. What am I not doing? What am I not doing well enough? And I went down, the hardest conversation was for me to go sit down with the coach and say, all right, listen, coach, I have no problem with what you did. I understand. But explain to me when the next time you call my name, it's not to sit back. It's actually to go in the game. What do I, what do I have to do? And he laid out the day, he laid out the different scenarios of this is what I need you to do. These, this is the role you play. This is what you need. This is what you need to improve in. And I took that and that situation never happened again. And I had another one in college where every single class you have to, it was a advanced kinesiology class. And every single class you had to stand up and the teacher would ask you a question. And if you answer the question, you get, you only get one question. So if you get to answer the question, you get to sit down. If you don't answer the question, you got to stand up the, the whole the whole class. I think the class was, I can't remember exactly. It was either nine weeks, nine weeks long or 12 weeks long, three days a week, two and a half hours each class because it was an advanced class. Yikes. I stood for eight weeks. Whoa. I stood for eight weeks because it was an advanced class and I didn't take the prerequisite to it. But once I got caught up and I figured out what I need to study, how I needed to process the information, then after that, I remember him calling me. I answered the question and he said, Mr. Grover, you may be seated. So everybody thinks where, you know, where you're getting put in these pressure situations. Well, you can you can either look at them as, you know, what I said, pressure situations, not pressure problems. Mm. All right. That means these those individuals, they believe in you. They're pushing you. They want you to excel. Yeah, it might be it might be different the way they're doing it. But he could have easily said, just leave the class. You're, you're not ready for this class. But his way of continuing to push me allowed me to actually get my master's degree and excel in exercise science and physiology. Wow. Two incredible stories there. I'm I'm fascinated by, have you looked at much around the relationship between courage and winning? Oh, yes, of course. Mm. Yeah. You have to have, well, you know what? You have to, here's the thing. In order to have winning, you have to have all those things. You need to have courage. You need to have fear. You need to have anxiety. You need to have anxiety. You need to have nervousness. The only thing you don't have is you cannot have doubt. Mm. You cannot have doubt. Can you expand on that? Yeah, sure. Okay, so you know what? We have individuals that, listen, they have fear, okay? All the greatest athletes I've ever dealt with, they they have fear, but they have never doubt of what the outcome is going to be. There's a huge, there's a huge difference. You know, you see all these things. When you have fear, you play to win. It's like when you have your nervousness, nervousness and your fear is kind of like the same thing. You play to win. Doubt, you play not to lose. Mm. All right. Fear is an instinct. It's an instinct. It's built there 
to protect you or to, you know, push you forward. All right. So an instinct is it's already internal. Doubt is something you create. You doubt you can't do this. Not somebody else. Somebody else can't doubt. Somebody else can say to you, I doubt you can do that. But until that doubt, you believe what they say or that doubt becomes internal, what they say can't, cannot keep you from it. It's your own doubt. All right. Fear is pressure and pressure is a privilege. <laughs> it's a privilege. Mm. Doubt is panic. When you doubt your abilities, you start to panic. You start to panic. When you have fear, you're like, okay, this is a pressure situation. Just think about if somebody was to walk into the studio right now and they were just to scare you, <laughs> all your senses would be in heightened. You'd be like, all right, what's going on? I'm ready to go. You like everything would be, you know, to its maximum, to be a, to its to its maximum. All right. If you panicked, it would be the complete opposite. You would create so much chaos. And if you create the chaos, you're doubting your abilities to handle that fear. Mm. So for someone that says to you, Tim, I have a ton of doubt right now. Even though I, I know this is something that I want to do, I am still doubting that I'll actually get there in the end. How would you walk someone through that situation? Who's creating that doubt? You are. Or that person. All right. Is that, well, okay. What are you doubting? Are, are you doubting you're good enough? Are you good enough? You got to answer the hard, you got to answer the hard questions. Mm. You know, everybody in my, in, in my industry, everybody wants to be a professional athlete. And I'm the one individual that comes out and tells you you're not good enough. You, you, you're just not, you, you're not. All right. You can make a, you can, you can play overseas. You can play in different areas, but you're not, you're not good enough to play in the NBA. You're not good enough to play in the NFL. Uh, Major League Baseball, 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 whatever, whatever it is. Now that's coming from an that's coming from an expert's opinion. Well, people that call that call that call me an expert, but you know, usually when people doubt themselves, doubt themselves, they haven't put in the time, they haven't put in the they haven't put in the extra amount of work. Not you know, they not only have they not worked harder, they haven't worked they haven't worked smarter. They haven't continued to put those reps in over and over and over again. All right. They're worried about what other people are going to th think about them. They have doubts in their They have doubts in their mind that they're not they're not going to be good enough. Or if they if they if they launch a video or they launch a podcast that no one's going to listen. You're absolutely right. Nobody is going to listen on the first one. You know, you're lucky if you get your family members to tune in. All right. But we've all been there. We've yeah. all been there. And those individuals, they, they had the same fear as you did. All right. But they didn't let that doubt stop them from doing it. All right. They may have had to go through a hundred podcasts before they finally started to build it, build an audience. Mm. All right. And if you start doubting yourself after each single one, all right, you're never, you're never, you're never going to give it enough time. You're never going to give it enough time. I mean, look at Michael Jordan. It took him seven years in the NBA before he won his first NBA title. It was seven years between Kobe's third and fourth title. You know, there's a lot of time that goes on and you can start, you can start doubting yourself during, during those times. So, you know, people that say, oh, I've been at this for a couple of years. Well, just think about how many years it took for these individuals to get that first championship. And during that whole time, others may have doubted them. 
but they never doubted. They never doubted themselves because they knew if they continue to put in the work, they continued to delete the unessentials. They stayed focused and they created as much distance as they can between what they wanted and what they didn't want. That doubt slowly starts to go away. Mm. I appreciate you sharing that because I've always been curious whether or not this is a natural human condition, whether or not like the pressures that we do have around uh, fears and anxiety and people telling us all these different, because words hurt, no doubt. So words, words do hurt. There's yeah. no, there's no questions. They, they do hurt. And everybody tells you, Oh, just, you know, that you, you got to block it out. No, you don't have to block it out. You got to deal with it. Yeah. And, and when I mean deal with it is, you know, it's out there. It's part of success. It's a part of getting where you want. We, everybody knows that, that people, you're going to be judged. People knows that people that they aren't going to agree with you. Everyone knows these things. So when you when you pursue what you want and those things happen, well, what do you expect? Mm. What do you what do you expect? They're, they're going they're going to be there. Everyone is going to tell you, listen, you're not good enough. Or you'll never get get into this. You know, and I talk about it in the book. I call it, you know, it's winning the battle, winning the war on the battlefield of your mind. You know, because you're going to have fear, you're going to have anger, you're going to have anxiety, and all these bombs are going to start to blow, uh, start to blow up. You have to be, have the ability to be able to defuse those and defuse those bombs. And then you have other types that people come to you and they say, "Oh, you know what? You should take a day off. You work too hard." So those are different types of a battlefield that's going on in your in your mind. You know, those things are coming. They are coming. All right. They're not going to go away. They're not, they're never going to go away, mm. but you can't respond to every single thing that goes out there. If you respond to every single thing that goes out there, you're going to spend so much time responding to those individuals. You're never going to be able to get to where you want to get to. Mm. Most people make the choice to believe the negative. And so therefore, because of that, they get stuck. And, but then they also don't realize that they can make the choice to get unstuck but it's a hard yes. process to get unstuck and yeah. win, win life <laughs> just in general. Um, yeah. Tim, I'm, I'm curious about, so you have this new book called winning the unforgiving race to greatness. Um, why is winning unforgiving? <laughs> Think about the time you spend in the race to get to that win. Every bit of that is unforgiving. Every bit of that is unforgiving. It will do everything it possibly can to get you to quit. Every, everything. It will do everything it possibly can to distract you. It will do everything it can to make other individuals distract you. It will do everything it can to bring feelings and emotions into it because it doesn't want you to achieve that win. It's it's a constant test. It's a constant test with no correct answers. And everybody's looking for the correct answers or they're looking for the stairs and winning will not show you the correct answers. It will not show you the stairs because there are no stairs. So think about the years. Think about, like I said, you spent, Michael spent, Michael Jordan spent seven years getting to that. That's just in the NBA, getting to that first, getting to that first championship. Mm. 
for an hour celebration. And then he's got to do it all over people. again. And then, and then when you have, and then now winning was it says, come on, we got to do this all over again. And winning tells you now this time you got to do it even better because if you do it the exact same way you did it, you are not going to win again. That's why it's, uh, that's why it's unforgiving. Listen, winning has no loyalty to you. It has no loyalty to you whatsoever. You'll find somebody that's, that hasn't worked as hard as you did that ended up getting that win, that ended up getting that promotion, that ended up getting that higher listing on the, on the podcast. You get an individual that is not as qualified as you are that ends up getting that promotion. It's not fair. And that's what's unforgiving. That's not, that's what is unforgiving. It allows you, winning allows you to hold on to it briefly, mm. briefly before it starts looking for that next person to win. That's why professional teams have such a hard time repeating over and over again. Mm. Do you believe that people that you have worked with and trained with, they are, or they were born to be winners or no. something taught? It's taught, it's taught and learned. I disagree about this thing about born, born, to, born to be born to be winners. So what happens is I say that there's adversity that happens in everybody's lives, usually at an early stage. And how you handle that situation determines your mind, determines your mindset for the rep for the rest of the time. You can use it as an excuse and say, I didn't get this. I didn't get this. I didn't get, I was that, or you can use it as a thing that literally toughens up the Teflon shield on you that allows you to propel and go through places that other individuals, uh, other individuals can't do. You have the, you know, what happens is when you're in that, when you're in that situation, you either become a, you either become a victim's mentality or you start having a victor's mentality. Mm -hmm. You look at everybody that's done exception, exceptional things in the world, exceptional things. I mean, you know, look at Jeff Bezos of Amazon. You know, you look at, uh, uh, Elon Musk. Um, you look at, uh, Zuckerberg, you look at, uh, you don't think so when they were in school that people doubted them, mm. that they got harassed, they got teased. People call them crazy for what they were doing. All right. And all those things could have just made their personality and identity completely different. If they started to buy into those things, if you started to, if you started to listen into those things, you know, imagine Elon telling people when he was, <laughs> when he was 10, 11 years old, 12 years old, he's looking at the sky and says, I'm going to Mars. Mm. And he's like, yeah, right. Okay, kids, sure you are. Yeah. All right. <laughs> all right. And if you start listening to all those people, they start changing your identity. And you start to believe what they what they believe. When somebody calls you crazy, say thank you, because that means you have the ability to see and do things that other individuals can't. You know, for myself, it was like I was like, I'm gonna train professional athletes. They were like, What does that even mean? What does that even mean? Because the business it didn't even exist. I literally had to create an industry. Because you know, if you, you, you the only people that trained professional athletes back in the early eighties were like boxers and Olympians. 
You know, you had your core group of Olympians and you usually work for whatever government agency you were working for and you would train those those group of athletes. If you were a boxer, each boxer, you know, each boxer had their boxing coach, but there was no there was no trainers or sports performance individuals for basketball, for football, for baseball, all these other things. So a lot of people they have the they they have sight, but they don't have any vision. Mm. These people and everyone else around you tries to get you to lose your vision. You can't lose your, you cannot lose your vision. Mm. Can't lose your vision, can't lose your mission. And those are the two things you've got, got to always go back to. I believe that for everything, <laughs> to be honest. Right. With you. And your mission may change. It may change yeah. for, and you got to be willing to change and you got to be willing to adjust it. You know, my, I was like, hey, I want to play professional basketball. And I was like, you know what? I'm really not good enough. So, you know, now I, the yeah, mission the inside man. the mission changed. Yeah. All yeah. right. The mission inside the mission changed. Mm. You ended up training the best basketball players. You ended up helping them become great. So exactly. Help them get better, help them stay, help them stay at the greatest level. So that's why I was like, okay, it, it was, it, it may, it, it was the mission inside the mission that had to be adjusted, that had to be adjusted. I love it, man. So with the, the last time that we, we do have left, I have two final questions for you. I have to get you back on later on because I've got so many questions for you, but uh, <laughs> this one may be a difficult one to answer, but uh, you open up the book with, you talk about Kobe. Sorry to spoil that for everyone that hasn't read the book, but what would you say if I was to pick up a copy of your book right now and turn to any page or chapter that is going to give me the most out of the book, uh, the biggest lesson, the biggest challenge, you name it. I know it's probably difficult, but which one well, would you recommend? You know what we said? We may, what's interesting about winning is you don't have to read it you can read any chapter because what we did is we, we listed all the chapters as number one. Mm. That's because you could start the book anywhere. I know. You know, you could start, you can start from <laughs> number one in the middle and then go back to the beginning and then go to the end. So it can be read in any, any order that, that you choose to, you choose to read it in. Understand that winning has its own language. And that's what's interesting in the book. You know, I talk about things that other individuals don't, don't want to talk about, you know, like I said about, you know, about fear, about fear, fear and doubt, you know, talk about the battlefield in the mind, talking about that literally winning belongs to somebody else and it's your job to take it. You know, I talk about, listen, this is winners. Not only do they know what to think, they know how to think and what happens to winners what everybody looks at winning as this big celebration and it is, and it is, but the other things that come with winning that people don't want to talk, that don't want to talk about the different, the different distractions, the different distractions, how it affects yourself, how it affects your family, how it affects the people that, that are around you. Uh, if I, if I had to, uh, you know, and I also say like, there is no balance. You know, everyone talks about balance in the book and I like winners are the least balanced individuals. And a topic that hits home with a lot of people is winning is selfish, yeah. but selfish in the right way. 
So you can go through the table of contents. You can say, you know what? I want to read. I want to read this one first. And what's definitely going to happen is this book is going to touch every single emotion. You're going to oh, yeah. laugh. You're going to cry. You're going to get pissed off. You're going to get pissed off. You're going to, it's going to, it's going to make you, it's, it's going to introduce you to yourself. Yeah. And for a lot of individuals, it's going to introduce them to themselves for the first time. Yeah. The opening chapter made me cry. I shared that in the very yeah. beginning because it is such yeah. a powerful chapter. And so this, this question, if you could ask a, a question to anyone alive or dead, who would you ask it to? Why? And what question would you ask them? If I could ask any question to anybody in this, um, and why? Let me think about this one. I have so many questions. I'd have to ask so so many so many so many different people. Same. You can ask more than one if you want. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think you'd ask Kobe what it's like up there? No, because you know why? why? As strange as it sounds, Kobe and I still have numerous conversations. Mm, I like it. Yeah, we still have we still have numerous we still have we have numerous numerous conversations, and and just like he's he was laughing at me before about certain things, he he he, he, la he laughs about he laughs about me now. Mm. I, I would um, I would ask a spirit, something that doesn't ex something that people say doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. and ask them why people don't believe in your existence. Ooh, that is a good one. I like it. That's okay. what I would ask. Okay. I, I like that very much. <laughs> very thought provoking. Okay. Yeah. Tim, this is my, my final question for you. People can go get your book wherever books are sold. It's called Winning. The Unforgiving Race to Greatness. Go and get a copy. You can, they can everyone find you at timgrover.com, I believe, too. And yes. Social media, Tim Grover, um, everywhere. Uh, you're not hard to find. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm the easiest person to find. I, you know, when people always come to me, man, I've been looking for you. No, you haven't. <laughs> no, you haven't. <laughs> Just type in his name, he'll come up for sure. So yes. <laughs> this, this, Tim, is my all-time favorite question I ask everyone at the end. It's a hypothetical one, but I want you to imagine with me for a moment that you've been able to reach the age of 100. All your friends and your family have decided to put together a film for you of everything you've ever said and everything you've ever done. Then ask me how in the world they got it all. We'll call it magic for the sake of argument. They've been able to get it and show it to you on your 100th birthday. What do you want that film to say and to show about your life? I would want it to say and show all the people that I touched. That's it. I, I don't want it to say anything about me. Mm. I don't want it to say anything about me. I want to hear the successes and wins of the other individuals. That's what I would want to hear. Because to me, you know what? Being able to, I would say, if you have information, if you have wisdom, if you have thoughts, if you have ideas, it's selfish not to share it with other individuals. 
because every athlete I've ever worked with, the greatest of greatest have been the most coachable and are the ones that are willing to share their information with everybody else with nothing in return, with nothing in return. I love it. I think it's a perfect send off message. Tim Grover, can I say thank you for your story, your humility, your courage, your relentless pursuit to help others as well win in their life. Thank you so much for coming on the Storybox podcast today. Jay, appreciate it. When I come back, I want to see some more pictures. I want to see some more pictures back there. You all got right? it, my friend. You got right. it. And Jaws is one of my favorite movies of all time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I really don't like this part because it means that sadly we have come to an end of yet another story. I just want to say thank you to all of you for tuning in and listening to our guest today. It is my prayer that you would have felt inspired, motivated, challenged in some way, and that you would have learned something new as well. If you would like to hear more amazing stories like this one, you can do so now by searching up the story box on all podcast platforms. It is that easy. And if you did get something from today's guest, please do share it around with your friend or family member who you feel could benefit from hearing today's story. And before you go, I greatly appreciate it if you could spend 30 seconds leaving a rating review over on Apple Podcast. It goes a long way to reaching more people and building this community of the Storybox. Let's start changing lives through powerful stories like this one you heard today. Your support is always greatly appreciated. Until next time, when we dive back into the Storybox, I'm Jay Phantom, and don't forget, your story is worth more than you know. I'll catch you then.